0: Some people love Shakespeare, others not so much, but a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theatre at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Today on CityCast DC. Happy New Year. It's January, which usually means the cold weather is setting in, the holidays are wrapped up, and maybe you're feeling a little bit blah. But January doesn't have to be blah. Newsletter editor Kayla Cody Stemmerman and executive producer Priyanka Tilve share what they're looking forward to this month as your definitive guide to January in D.C. is Tuesday, January 2nd. I'm Bridget Todd and here's what D.C. is talking about. Kayla, Priyanka, January is here. How do you all feel about January in D.C., first of all? (laughs) Both of us are like, eh. (laughs) "Uh." That sound summarizes how I feel, too. It's like the deep
1: winter depression era, I feel. You know, you're past the holidays. You, like, did all your fun shopping. You got all your little gifts. Like, you went ice skating. You're done. Like, it's like I'm ready for winter to be over already, and it's already January, and you still have to stick it out for, like, a couple more months.
2: I will say, you know, to, like, undo some of the grinchiness of this, I do typically have good Januaries. Like, there is some fresh year energy that comes with it. You know, like most people, I do the whole, like, I'm gonna be healthy this year. I'm gonna eat right. I'm gonna go to the gym. And January normally is a good month on that front. Then it all falls off a cliff, but (laughs) at least January does have that positive energy to it.
0: Yeah, you're buying a planner that you only use once. Like you spend, for if you're me, I'm spending a bunch of money on planners and pens. And I'm like, oh, what if the problem this whole time is that I didn't have enough pens (laughs) and planners and then I use it once? (laughs) Yeah. So to stave off some of those winter blah vibes, what are you all looking forward to doing this month? Like, what's going on? There actually
1: is a lot going on in D.C. this month. I think one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is Winter Restaurant Week. It's from January 15th to the 21st. And it's all the usual suspects. There's, you know, dozens, if not like a hundred, you know, restaurants on the list that you can check out. Um, And they're all offering deals. They have lunch deals, which are $25 to $35, and then dinner deals, which are around like $40 to $50. Um, And you get three courses and you can go to these really fancy restaurants that I would never normally be able to afford for pretty cheap. So like some of my favorites that I'm sort of looking at getting reservations at already, please don't beat me to it, is Gravitas. I went there for their last um, restaurant week and I thought it was so good. The atmosphere is just beautiful and it's kind of a nice way to get to Ivy City if that's somewhere you haven't really explored. Another one I'm looking at is Convivial, which is sort of this French restaurant in Shaw. It's not necessarily upscale, but this will definitely be sort of a deal. And it was actually on our best underrated restaurants list that you can check out uh, when you have a chance. We'll post it in the show notes.
2: (laughs) We won't make it too hard.
1: And then some classics are just Sushi Taro, Philip by Philip Chow. Like those are all just really good deals for restaurant week. Just really looking forward to getting some really good food that I couldn't normally get.
2: How do you think through restaurant week though? Cuz you know like sometimes I end up going to one of those spots and then I feel like I've paid for this prefix menu like oh yeah sure this is going to be a score but then the portions are really small and it doesn't actually end up feeling like it's that great a deal. So how do you approach that?
1: Yeah, it's tr- it's true. I think one thing is that you have to always, like, turn down any of the extras. Like, they always try to pawn extras on you, like the the matching drink menu, like the extra focaccia, like the extra appetizers. And, like, you can't get those. Otherwise, you're just paying the normal amount. I think with the small portions, you just have to go in knowing that it's not going to be, like, an extravagant meal that you would get at the restaurant normally. It's more just, like, a taste test of the restaurant. Is it worth your money to go back? Would you want to come back? I think – It depends also on where you go. Obviously, the more upscale places, their portions are going to be a little bit on the smaller side. But there's a lot of places that, you know, like Maidan, like Anju, like places that are on this list that aren't like really extravagant. And they give you really decent portion sizes just because that's how they normally serve their food. So, yeah, it takes a little bit of maneuvering. I'm skeptical
2: of this suggestion, Kayla, but I will let you continue.
1: Fair enough. I'll try to free (laughs) myself. Okay. Another thing to consider participating in this month is dry January. A lot of bars are having deals and specials. I personally am not a big drinker, so I really seek out mocktails and non-alcoholic drinks wherever I go. So I feel like I have a pretty good running list of this in my head. So if it is something you want to try, there's a lot of cocktail bars that I would recommend, among which are Green Zone and Residence are always winners. Silver Lion has great mocktails on their menu. I feel like mocktails makes it sound really lame, but like great non-alcoholic drinks on their menu. And you can also go to like some dive bars like Midlands and Red Derby have a lot of non-alcoholic beers on their menu. So there's a lot of ways to sort of Actually, get good drinks that aren't just orange juice or like pomegranate juice or something gross. Not that those are gross, but I don't want to pay $15 for them either. I don't know. Have you guys ever tried it? Okay.
2: Yeah. I like that suggestion. I've never really done dry January, but I do like just experimenting occasionally with no ABV drinks. And the places that you recommended are definitely. Top choices.
1: I feel like a lot of people think it's really, really hard to do, like, dry January in D.C. because, like, so much socializing and so much of our sort of, like, D.C. culture, in quotations, surrounds drinking. But it's actually not as hard as you think. Almost every single bar has non-alcoholic options, some of which are better than others. But, yeah, if you are curious, it's not as hard as you think. There's some really good options. Try it out.
0: Oh, you mentioned residents. I actually went there for the first time after hanging out with you all at the holiday market. And Kayla, you recommended it. And we did have the mocktails, and they were really good. I was. They're saying, so good. Yeah. Some places you feel like they're not putting a lot of intention or thoughtfulness into their non alcoholic cocktails, but. Residence was not one of those places.
2: I also feel like people are grumpy about no ABV drinks sometimes because they're like, oh, like, why am I spending so much money on this thing? Like, it's the same price as a normal cocktail. That's not worth it. But it is because of that intention, Bridget. And a lot of the non-alcoholic spirits that they use also are expensive to make. And so we did an episode with Jessica Sidman from Washingtonian about that, too, where she explained why these cost so much. And, you know, it's worth the labor cost that you're paying.
0: Totally. And a fun fact about Try January for folks who are thinking about it, I did a bunch of research into it for another podcast episode. And even if you don't make it the full January, even taking a little intentional break from drinking has a trickle down effect where you are statistically more likely to drink less throughout the year. So even if you do it for a little while, if you fold after two weeks, that's still beneficial to you.
2: That's cool. Okay, so yeah, like that suggestion, Kayla.
1: So, my third suggestion is actually something that Bridget suggested a while ago in our newsletter, and it's having a bonfire in Rock Creek Park. I feel like not a lot of people know that you can do this, but you can actually rent out a space. In Rock Creek Park, they have these like giant fire pits and you can rent it for like the day or the afternoon, the evening. It's free, it's super easy. They're almost always available. And you can get a bunch of friends, hang out at the fire pit, like roast marshmallows, have a little party. And I think it's just like a really nice way to like get outside in the winter when it's dark and kind of gloomy and you have this nice warm fire and all of your friends. I really want to do it. I know, Bridget, you've done it before. I have not. I want to know how it was
0: and I'm <laughs> because I really want to try it. It's funny that you say this because my friends and I wrapped our annual Rock Creek Park fire hang just recently. How was it? It was great. It's always super fun. Yeah, every time we do it, when we invite somebody for the first time, they're like, we didn't know you could do this in the park. Do you have to pay? Like, There's always lots of questions about how it works. And it's, yeah, it's really easy. The one thing I will say is that there is like one really good fire pit. Like there's one fire pit in Rock Creek Park that is, I think is like head and shoulders above the rest. And so that one, I think often is like, you need to like do a little scope out. They have numbers, which I don't remember the number offhand. You could get food delivered there pretty easily. Like if you wanted to get like Uber Eats or pizza delivered there. Um, Yeah, shout out to my friends who are CityCast listeners, Stephanie and Tim, uh, who built the fire. It is great, I recommend wholeheartedly. Um, it is just a fun thing to look forward to in the winter months that's still outside.
2: Sounds fun, yeah, I have never tried that either. And I think that's a solid suggestion. Kayla, you've set the bar very high with these wrecks.
0: Oh, okay,
1: <laughs> the pressure's off.
0: <laughs> the brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma DC community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own, the kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets and throughout the home there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one- and two-bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit TheArborAtTacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So, dot acom Priyanka, what about you? What are you looking forward to in January?
2: Okay, so my... First rack kind of goes very much at odds with what Kayla suggested. I love going to 600T, the bar, in LeDroit Park, I guess would be the neighborhood it's in, Shaw slash LeDroit Park. It's a basement, speakeasy-style bar. It's very cozy in there. They have a fireplace. It's small. Something about that place just screams winter to me. I only ever go there in the winter. It almost feels like a waste to go there when the weather's nice. I mean, they have a nice patio in the back, but still, it feels like you have to go there in the winter.
1: I will say, I actually did go there literally a few days ago, and I got a non-alcoholic cocktail, and it was excellent, and it was still a great vibe. So I don't think it's at odds.
2: (laughs) Amazing. I was just going to ask you. Okay, cool. So yeah, that is my Number one rack, go to 600T, definitely get there before February. You can go again later, but you have to do it in the winter.
1: They also have like a fireplace in there. It's just, and it's all wood. It's just very cozy.
0: Yeah, the vibes are A+. Just a few weeks ago, I was looking up different bars and restaurants in D.C. that have fireplaces. There's something about sitting next to a fireplace that's just so cozy in the winter when you're like like also having a beverage.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah. So that is my number one suggestion. Number two is go to the Kennedy Center. The Kennedy Center is just another spot that for me screams winter. I think because of the all glass, you know, architecture of it and looking out on the river, it just feels so cozy to be inside that space when it's so cold and dreary outside. And it's kind of fitting because this January, they're going to be showing Frozen all month long. You can get tickets. They're Shockingly affordable tickets start at $35. And I think it's a really fun, like family friendly activity as well. The show is supposed to be amazing. If you're going to watch Frozen, you have to do it when it's winter. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? So that is my second rec. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I am not um, a Disney fan, but. I mean, I would go see Frozen. That sounds like a blast.
2: Yeah. I also think it can be hard to come up with things to do with kids in the winter sometimes because so many of the fun, cool things to do in D.C., even if you're not drinking, they happen in bars a lot of the time, like even like storytelling nights and things like that. So this seemed like a really good option for people with children. And Frozen, in my opinion, is relatable regardless of age. So it's something you can go to with kids, but not feel like you're at like a kid's thing. It's
1: also nice. Like, I feel like I always love going to the theater in the winter because it's like you get to dress up and like wear your long coat and your boots and like just feel like you're in the gilded age
0: or something.
2: Yes, exactly. Yes. The scarf season thing with the Kennedy Center. It's just chef's kiss.
0: Yeah. Any excuse to get dressed up and go to the Kennedy Center, I'll take.
2: Okay. And then my third rack, Kayla, you said that you feel like you get ice skated out in December, but I love going in January, Um, especially the sculpture garden rink that they have. First of all, I think fewer people are there in January. So it's less crowded. It's less stressful, especially if you're a little bit unsteady on your ice skates. You're not as worried about plowing into a bunch of five-year-olds. Also, kids are back at school. So if you go, if you can sneak off in the afternoon or get there right as the workday is ending, you're not likely to run into as many people. The ice is better for that reason, too. It's not as carved up. And one thing that I especially love about the Sculpture Garden Rink is their music is on point. Every time I've been there, they're playing an international world music playlist where I learn a bunch of new songs that I feel like I wouldn't have heard otherwise. And it's a really fun vibe. And it feels very DC to listen to that while skating around in a fairly affordable outdoor ice rink.
0: Wow, are you a good ice skater?
2: I'm okay. Like I'm not, I'm not great. I can't do a lot of tricks. I can do like a very slow spin. (laughs) I can skate backwards if I practice for like an hour or two, but it's just fun being out there. And I do feel like I get better the more I do it, obviously.
1: No, that's a good suggestion. I like that. I think I would counter and say that I actually think the Georgetown ice skating rink, is where it's at. Um mm-hmm. it's a little bit bigger. I think it's also there's more to do around well, it depends, but I think there's more to do around there. Like there's a lot of shopping. There's like they have a cookie tour in the wintertime. There's Glow Georgetown. I don't know. There's just like that's very cutesy.
2: That is a good point, especially like after ice skating, which can be very tiring and you're hungry. The Georgetown Ice Rink has a bunch of restaurants right around
1: it. Lots of hot chocolate potential, for sure.
2: Mm, yes, good point, good point. Okay, Bridget, what do you think? Who won? This is a competition, as is everything.
0: I didn't realize this was a contest. Oh, You're no. all winners. Honestly, the winner is all of us because we get we are walking <laughs> away with all of these great January recommendations. It's all of you, actually. It's everybody <laughs> yeah. listening. Is that a cop-out? <laughs> Definitely a cop-out, but we'll let you get away with it this time. All right. Well, I'll see you at Residence. I'll see you at the ice skating rink. I'll see you all over D.C. this January. Thanks so much.
2: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast D.C. If you enjoyed the show, tell somebody who's considering dry January. Hopefully our tips will make it a little bit easier. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.